Welcome to Behind the Smoke Barbecue War Stories. My name is Sean Walchef with Cali Comfort Barbecue. We are with Derek Marceau from Valley Farm Market, and we are at the Del Mar Races with Dr. Barbecue, Ray Lampy. Welcome to California. Uh, good to see you, boys. Good to be here. We're a little all- warm. I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of fussing about that. I come out here expecting perfect weather. It's not exactly perfect. I'm telling you, I'm trying to get a refund on my mortgage. It's, uh, <laughs> I think that's insane. a reasonable request. It's uh, this last month. I think we talked about it last week. It's been so damn hot out here. I've been sweating so much. I got sweat on my under boob and just uh, it's going going nuts out here. But we're so uh, appreciative to have you out here and taking the time to shoot this shit with us. And, um, you know, you don't get out here very often. So thanks for taking the time. I'm always willing to. You know, I mean, I, I love coming to California. It's just whatever fits in my schedule. I'm, I'm so lucky. I travel a lot. But it's so erratic, erratic in a good way. You know, wherever there is I need to go, that's where I go this week. And, and it's fun because I, I like going different places. I like going to Fargo as much as I like coming to San Diego. I mean, it's just different. And it's just fun there. I mean, you you got to go with an open mind that Fargo is going to be cool. And it is. You don't go in the winter. You know, you want to be smart about I'm that. A, I'm a firm believer as fun as what, fun is what you make it. Yeah, so when sure. I went out to Kansas, I left uh, San Diego to go to Kansas and everyone's like, I can't believe you can go to Kansas and, and go to college. And I'm like, look, I, if I can't have fun in Kansas, I can't have fun anywhere. <laughs> so we right. went out there and had some fun and it's some of the best time I've ever had. Gone to Fargo, did some waterfowl hunting out in Fargo. It's, I, I love. Well, you just got to embrace it for what it is. It's not the same. If sure. You, you know, I mean, you, you, San Diego, you guys really like it here and I don't blame you. It's really mm-hmm. nice here. You have the things that you have. Right. You don't have uh, deer hunting and waterfowl hunting and all the other stuff they have. I mean, they're so there. I went there on a tailgate tour one time because the bison, the North Dakota State bison, sure. is a huge deal. They won like three uh, Division Two or whatever they whatever it is yeah. national championships yeah. in football, and it's a huge deal up there. They're way into it, and it's fun, man. They tailgate like crazy. Didn't Nick Foles come out? Or who? Uh, Carson Wentz. No, Carson Wentz. Wentz. Yeah, Wentz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He walks on water there. <laughs> yeah. But, of course, they're also way into hockey, too. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, no surprise there. So, you know, I mean, in San Diego, hockey, not a big thing. But, if you know, when you go there, you embrace what's happening, man. Sure. It's fun. Well, full, for, full head. For, for us, you know, being out here at the Del Mar Thoroughbred Club, it's the Pacific Classic. It's a million-dollar horse race. It's a lot of moving parts for us to put on a Kansas City Barbecue Society contest. And, you know, for us, we wouldn't be able to do it without U.S. Foods, without Big Green Egg, who stepped up, Santa Monica Seafood. There's so many moving parts to put these contests on. And for us, we're just honored that Big Green Egg cares enough to send you out while you're opening your first restaurant. Well, yeah, in fairness to everybody, as much as I like you guys, Big Green Egg is why I'm here. Um, I've been the company spokes chef for 15 years. Wow. It's, I mean, that's unheard of. I, I was just talking to Arlie before, and, and I mean, I, I invented the job, you know? I mean, everybody gets hired by a grill company should send me a cut because <laughs> I kind of talked them into it the first time. Uh, and just, But luckily, it's been a great fit, and I've been doing it forever. And so I work for corporate, and, and out here you've got uh, – the Sierra Select is the distributor right. for California. So if they call the corporate and say, hey, we'd like Ray to come out, I'm available to them. And, and you know, it's just hard to – it's really more about a scheduling thing. I, I'm happy to come, of course. But, again, I like to go wherever it may be. I'm going to Iowa. I went to Hartville, Ohio one time, which is the middle of nowhere, man. But it was fun. So I'm happy to come. Granted, San Diego is a nice attraction. Right. Sure. My only problem is I got a big project going at home, and I can't stay. <laughs> I was like, okay, San Diego, I'll just hang the whole week, and I can't. 
Well, we, uh, you know, having run Cali Comfort for 10 years and Derek, you know, running his family butcher shop, we appreciate the fact of you being as busy as you are taking the time to come out here. And exactly what you said, without, you know, Jim Becker from Sierra Select and Hot Sauces and more, who's our local distributor, Brian uh, Bushfield. Dealers. That would be a dealer. The distributor dealer. is the guy Correct. that Thank sells you. the eggs to him on our behalf. Yeah, it's a whole... Correct. I know, but, it's no, but, but it's important. But it is but it real. Is, it is important it is. because yeah. that's how events grow. You know, to do an egg fest, Brian's done two egg fests. Um, this year was his second egg fest. Derek and I, we helped out with that. And, you know, for us, it's so important to learn about the other side of barbecue business, you know, the grill side. The real the, business. Absolutely. It, right? The yeah, real absolutely. business about it. That, that was the transition for me because so many of us got involved. I, I got involved just like everybody else as a competition guy. I showed up early. It's funny. I was in Chicago. Problem is, my first rib cook off was 1982. When are you guys even born then? I was born in 83. I was I was born in 82. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, but my story's the same. It just became an obsessed hobby, which is how most of us got involved along the way. It just was before everybody else. And and uh, but along the way, somehow I it, my my existing family business was trucking in Chicago, and it was just over. You know, all these little factories that were little by little going to China and going wherever, uh, automation, whatever, you name it. I mean, it's not, you know, I, I don't I don't have a chip on my shoulder about it. I was, I'm the kind of guy that said, well, this is not going very well. I need to find something new to do. And barbecue was my hobby. And I thought, well, okay. But I, but I was the obvious thing to do. And a couple of my friends did it back then and do it now was to open a restaurant. You know, oh my gosh, you know how to cook so good. You should open a restaurant. I was like, well, I don't know, man. I, you know, I, that's a, it's a real challenge. I'm not a restaurant guy. Plus I was rolling out of one business and I had a pile of money. I was 43, though. I couldn't live forever on it. Sure. I, I knew if I opened a restaurant and it didn't work, then I was going to be in the same boat with no money. You got to get And yeah. so I had to try to figure out how to come up with a plan that was going to make it a little more flexible. So I bought a big trailer and, and moved to Florida. I was like the original food truck guy in <laughs> 2000. And, uh, but that didn't work either. But at least I didn't, hadn't spent all my money and I, I had the trailer at Minimal least. Minimal risk. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, it, it, <laughs> it's the, it, it was, I, I always like, I always had this entrepreneur mentality. I've been self-employed since I was 18, and I always had this attitude that I was reinventing or I was creating a new business. I wasn't sure what the end game was, what that business was going to look like. When I moved down there, my intention was I was going to sell barbecue in this trailer in the parking lot for seven, eight months of the year and then travel for four and go to cook-offs and stuff. It sounded like a great plan, except doesn't really work uh you know snowbirds don't stay that long right. i didn't know that i you know I, I guess i should have looked into that but <laughs> i didn't know i just thought they'd stay as long as i wanted them to and they also don't like big sandwiches that, <laughs> that was a whole nother thing but i learned too like in the food truck business it's a little different out here because they take a different approach to it depending where you are um in florida if it was raining here comes the train or the, what do we call it the coaster the coaster yeah. wave at them What's up, Coaster? Surfline. That's not a very loud one. That's not too bad. That's uh, it's actually a be beautiful ride up the uh, Pacific Coast. Well, actually, when I was in the trucking business in Chicago, I delivered parts for trains. That's what okay. I did. If you ever look at a map of the railroad, it all comes through. Kansas City and Chicago are the hubs of the whole country. And so they all had repair facilities in Chicago. So I worked for a company, I subcontracted to a country that company that made train parts. All gaskets and hinges and all kinds of little stuff it was a smart business this guy made and so i just ran around i was like the napa auto parts guy for trains <laughs> nice yeah it was it was great except it just went away you know it wasn't there anymore but anyway the food truck thing and well i think this is probably anywhere 
if it rains, you're, you ain't selling nothing. Today. Yeah, because why would I come to the red, yeah. <laughs> to the food truck? I can go to a restaurant, you know. If it's cold, you're out of luck. If it's hot, you're out of luck. If it's, uh, oh, you name it. If it's Thanksgiving week, forget it. If it's Sunday in the South, everybody goes to church and goes out to the restaurant. I couldn't sell a thing on Sunday, yeah. which surprised me. I thought that'd be okay. So anyway, I learned. I took a beating, and then I mean, but then some weeks would be good, but it was not a, a viable business. So, did you luckily, ever have any staff? Yeah, I would have one girl work for me. Yeah, um, you know, depending on what I was doing, and we because we would try and do a little catering, and you know, we try. I was, I was doing everything I could, and, and it was okay. I mean, I was scratching out a living, but I pretty much was eating a lot of leftover barbecue <laughs> for dinner. You know, well, you know, it, it was in this position. I wasn't broke yet, but I knew the pile was going down, sure. so I could eat those leftover ribs because ribs is always a sore spot when you because we know everybody oh, in the barbecue absolutely. business because they're expensive. You got those leftover, it hurts. So when I'd have to eat the ribs or the leftover pork every day, or I could go out and spend 20 bucks for dinner, and then I was going to not have that 20 bucks out of my pile. You know, I mean, it was it was a whole, it was serious entrepreneur scratching it out stuff. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I don't regret it at all. It's what I do. Um, I'm getting kind of old for that. I always joke, I've been self-employed for 40-some years. You have good decades and bad decades, but... When you get 60, you can't have a bad decade. You got no more time for them. But I think that's important for our listeners to hear because we talked about it on our last podcast, but everyone wants this instant fame. Everyone <laughs> wants this. Look at me. I'm famous. I, I cook the best barbecue. And they don't indulge themselves in the process. Right. The process is what's fun about it. When you look back, even when, with me in sports, my the best times I had playing football, I played professional football. I did everything. The best times I had was when I was learning. I was going through those hell weeks. I was doing those things in high school. That's the process. And that's what you have to live in that moment and trust that process. And don't worry. I mean, look, of course, we all want to get there. We all want to be the best, right? But trust that process and grind every day. Try to make yourself better every day. Tomorrow is going to be a better day than today. And just keep going. Yeah. You, you mean you earn it. It's a different world now. That's for sure. I but yeah, I'm, I'm like that too. I always, and you know, you got to make it up as you go along too. Sure, sure. You know, right now it looks great. I mean, you know, the story is now I kicked my boss in the nuts and told him I was going to Florida. <laughs> so barbecue and you know, yeah, that, that's not really how it was. Right. I, I was, I didn't know what to do. I closed my grandfather's business that started in 1936. Wow. And I closed it in 2000 and it was the right move. That's I a mean, tough decision. But yeah. That's a tough, tough decision. It, you know, luckily I had the nads to do it because right. otherwise I would have bled out. Well, I mean, I had a nice life. I had a house in the suburbs. I had a, a cottage by the lake in Wisconsin. That's what you do if you live in Chicago. And, mm -hmm. and I had a nice car, and I was living a nice life. And that wasn't going to be happening anymore. You know, they realized it, and they were just going to start chopping. And the did, company that I contracted to had been bought out. And it was just, you Did know, you have any family pressure to keep it no, open? No, luckily I did not. Um, I, you know, I, I don't have much family. All I had was my sister. She had nothing to do with it. didn't care. I took my word for what was happening. But luckily mm -hmm. I didn't have that. And... I didn't have a family to support either. You know, I could move to Florida and, and, and try this crazy adventure. <laughs> uh, if I had a wife and kids, I just, I don't know what I'd have done. I, I could have kept it alive somehow, but I, my income, I would, first thing to do is sell the summer home because sure. that wasn't going to be happening. Um, and I'd, I mean, I like to think, not like to think, I think I would have bled out. Yeah. I'd have stayed and all of a sudden I'd have been way in debt and I'd have been out of luck and I wouldn't have had the pile of money to move on to the next adventure. Um, 
But again, it all looks really smart now. Right, <laughs> right. I, I, I think Everybody really, told you you were crazy when you did it. Oh my God, yes! I grew up in a neighborhood. All my friends uh, were my friends from you know my whole life, and they went. We all went to work for your father's business or or a local business, and you you didn't uh, you didn't venture very far off of that, sure. you know. So, uh, forty three years old. Oh, by the way, guys, I'm moving to Florida, and I'm going to sell barbecue in the parking lot. I, that was not. <laughs> And they thought I was in nuts. They really did. They were like, this guy's off his rocker. I don't know what he's thinking. Uh, and it, But luckily, you know, like I said, now I look like a genius. I, it's really just, I, I look at, back at it and think, I, you, you know, you go through life and you come to a lot of forks in the road. And, you, you know, you use your best judgment to make that decision and you hope it's a good one. And when you look back from, I'm 61 now, you look back from 61, I got, I made a lot of good calls, you know, and not that I was so smart or anything. I just picked the right path a lot of times. And Do you pick the right path or did you go with your feel? Well, was yeah, it, was it a definitely. Because I think a lot of people second guess themselves and I, I, it's okay. I think a lot of my best decisions I've ever done is I, I just felt that that decision was right and I had to go with what I was feeling. Yeah. Well, hopefully you're making that from a position of strength where you have learned it's your your life experiences you know the things i get to do now or the things i do now in business i couldn't have done 20 years ago 30 years ago because i didn't have that life experience i thought i could but i didn't you know so just life in general i've seen a lot of things there ain't much i haven't seen at this point sure so when something comes in front of me i'm familiar with this situation and like i, I told you guys i got caught up with a bullshitter on the radio. it's okay to swear right? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah yeah it's behind the smoke you <laughs> swear this, as much as you need doing this radio show in tampa i got sucked into it because we were going to make a bunch of money doing it and two weeks in there was no money and uh, the radio station because i'm a pretty high profile guy and i'm doing it with a, a guy down there to play in the nfl and been a radio guy for years and and they were like well you're not quitting so you guys are just gonna have to work for free for a while till we sort this out and we basically have never sorted it out so everybody's still working for free uh but they're real good about letting us promote whatever we're doing and it's a you know it's hard because it's a good platform it's the number one station in the tampa market and and it's a big deal we do a food talk show so it's kind of it's kind of hard to say no to it but i'm used to getting paid for stuff at this right. point in my life right now with uh competition barbecue is that something you kind of picked up out in florida or were you doing that well before you went down to florida no man that's what started in 1982 oh yeah i moved to florida in like 2000 was that the so that um, was dave, the, dave was raymond dave raymond yeah dave. so dave we okay. was there the same day dave and i started the same day we were i was just telling somebody it was right i saw dave actually at the ace show um it was at this park in grant park in chicago there's one there's like these ball fields and, and there's this sunken one and we're for whatever reason, it's kind of sunk down. And that's where they had the original Mike Royko Rib Fest. Mike Royko was the columnist in Chicago in the paper. And and uh, I was there, and Dave was there as well. And a guy named Charlie Robinson that still has a big, successful barbecue business in Chicago actually won that day. And Dave and his brother, Larry, I don't think they won that first year. I think they the second year, they came in second. They never won. Uh -huh. They came in, like, second. Uh, I never won anything, but I had a good time and got hooked on it, <laughs> sure. honestly. And I, but I never knew Dave, but Dave Raymond and I, our barbecue career started the exact same day That's in the same place. I know. That's so it? funny. Yeah. Cause we had Dave Raymond uh, and Deuce Raymond both on the podcast when we were in, uh, 
Fort Worth Fort for yeah. NBBQA. And yeah, they, they talked about that exact contest. And, you know, it's funny to look back and, you know, we're so blessed to know Arlie Bragg and to know Gene Goykachea who have brought us into the barbecue world. But Those guys to have been, see, both been around a long time, you too. know, Gene, Gene's brought my wife and I to Kansas City where we went and met Carolyn Wells, where the original yeah. insurance office is. And we actually got to see the new headquarters, too. So it was before they I moved. I haven't even been to the new headquarters. New, new headquarters. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. Now. Yeah, it's really, really cool. But tell us, talk to us about the growth of Kansas City Barbecue Society kind of back back when you started way, way back in the day, you know, with Gene Goykachea and all the uh, the originals and what yeah, you've seen I'm, happen in the last KCBS couple decades. I'm KCBS member number 943. Wow. Um, so under 1,000. And now now I think they're like, uh, you know, six figures. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just, I, the, the thing I was talking about, the Mike Royko Rib Fest, we did that for nine or ten years. And in 1991, they said, I mean, think about what I'm saying, though. You always got to remember, we didn't have computers. You know, you had to look in the newspaper. And when you <laughs> the yes, newspaper, or, what's that? Or, yeah. Or call them and say, would you send me an application? They mailed you an application. That's how we get in on the Jack Daniels. We, I mean, you guys are all the Jack Daniels barbecue cook off such a big deal. Now, back then, they would mail you a letter and you would hope it would show up. And as soon as you got it, you had to send it right back in because that's how they did it. Right. Wow. It was, it, yeah, it was very different then. But so uh, they, they decided to quit having that. And I didn't know what to do. And in the, the Chicago paper, I saw a little blurb that a guy was having the first ever Kansas City Barbecue Society contest in West Chicago, which is this close suburb. And I was like, well, okay, I'll sign up for that. I didn't know what it was about, really. And again, there's no internet. You know, you could call Carolyn. <laughs> and that's probably what I did. And, uh, and she and, probably answered. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so we talked to, and Gary, well, Gary was there. Gary, her husband was, uh, Gary was a good friend of mine. I mean, that's, that's getting, going back pretty far. And so I went to that thing and I didn't know that you were not, I didn't know you were supposed to cook everything. So back then it was, it was a sanctioned KCBS contest. The category was poultry. I cooked a turkey. Turkey. Yes. And I came in third. Cooked and some pheasant. You could have. It would have been legal. Um, I cooked a turkey, and, and I didn't know what else. I didn't know I was supposed to cook all this other stuff. Right. And I cooked a turkey, and I came in third place. So tur- that was it. Turkey. Yeah, that's all I did. I went turkey. there. I had one of them. Kingsford was branding those oval grills. It was kind of like a Weber kettle, but it's oval. Uh, okay. Um, they, they used to use them up in Seattle a lot. Bob Lyon was involved with them guys somehow. But anyway... Um, that's what I had, and I cooked the turkey, and I still have pictures of it. I had a mullet, too. I had a kick-ass mullet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And I was wearing a wife beater shirt, and I, I got a third-place trophy. And it was like, wow, this is that was game-changing for me. Because right. at that point, it was a hobby. We'd go out there, we'd drink a bunch of beer, and it was fun. All of a sudden, I had a trophy. I was like, wait a minute. This is now getting serious now. And I've been a KCBS member ever since. How and- many uh, competitors in that um, probably around 20. So it's, it wasn't really decent. Yeah. I mean, back then, yeah, you know, yeah. you think about that rule, the, the rule is 50 teams to be a qualifier for the postseason stuff mm-hmm. back when they first made that rule, it was, that was a pretty big accomplishment. Sure. There wasn't only a half a dozen contests around the country that had 50 people. Um, it, it was different. So anyway, the category, <laughs> I cooked a turkey. The other category was pork. And it was sort of up to the organizer to do what they wanted. And Jim Burns was the guy that organized that contest. He had a restaurant there. And he he liked to cook bone-in pork loins. So he didn't have to cook a whole one. But you had to cook, like, you know, a bone-in pork loin. That was the thing. Like a roast or a chop? Well, he would cook the whole. No, you know, he couldn't cut it in chops. Okay. I tried to do that once. <laughs> they told me that. But it was just Jim's call. You know, KCBS didn't really have rules like right. that. Right. I mean, the the... 
the scoring was all done on paper. And what they did back then, now they have all these factors so that taste is a lot more than uh, than appearance is a lot. Appearance is the lowest, texture is the middle, and then taste is the most. And there are these complicated factors to give us some points, and and that way it'd be a tiebreaker. Back then, they simply doubled the taste points, so it was still the same deal, and it all comes out the same because uh, uh, you actually would write down twenty-seven points, right? Nine per category: sure. nine for taste, nine for appearance, nine for texture, and you get a thirty-six. So one gets double. That's where that comes from. So when they decided to institute the factors, they said, well, we still want to end up at 36. So if you add all them factors up, it's the same as doubling oh, wow. just the taste points. Okay. Huh. I mean, it wow. just, you know, I go back so far. This stuff, it was just new. It, it really wasn't, you know, they were making it up as we were going along. Like I said, Gary Wells, in Gary's insurance office. Later on, KCBS bought the building. But in the beginning, it was Gary's insurance office, and he let Carolyn have a room. To, to run the KCBS out of, yeah. It's I mean, the deal goes that the original plan was done in a bar somewhere, which is very believable. <laughs> oh, sure. that's totally believable. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I go way back to the beginning of that stuff. I always say I'm one of the original guys. I'm really not. There was 900 people before me, but, boy, I wonder how many of them are left. Yeah, I can't imagine a lot of them are even still involved. I, I haven't heard anybody with uh, being that, that no. low of a you number. You know where you see them <laughs> go in the judging tent at the Jack? Oh, I'm yeah. a piker, man. <laughs> uh, there's like, like, well, Carolyn, I think, is number one. Yeah. Uh, and if Ed Royth is around, he's like number three. Jim Tab, I think, is number 10. I mean, there's there's a bunch of them. They're getting kind of old, though, man. Sure. Yeah, I, I actually heard you on Kevin's barbecue joint. Um, he actually was supposed to come down this weekend, but he uh, he had to go to the hospital. Hope He's going to be all right, oh, no, but okay. ho- hopefully he makes it down. But I, I heard you say that you're number was number 900 and i was like gene what's your number and he said he checked it's 1200 so, oh is it i yeah. thought gene might be because yeah. gene, gene was coming around right about the same time yeah. i was yeah. and gene I, was also in the trucking business as well so, yeah that's right yeah. well the the you know california well illinois i mean it, for years we had one contest in illinois you know i mean it, it, the contests were all in kansas city and was Missouri. it southern illinois uh, or no, the, the West, in, West Chicago. Yeah, it was in West Chicago, yeah. and then it moved to Shannon, where okay. Mike Lake, who later was KCBS president, Mike Lip, Mike started run, was out in Shannon, Illinois, which is the middle of nowhere. I mean, literally, <laughs> you, you, you drive to a town, and then you drive another twenty miles to this little town, and uh, that's where we would have it. So that one moved on. He had it for a long time. He carried it on, but then little by little, then there was finally one down in Carbondale, in yeah, Seventeenth Street. Uh, yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. Mike was involved. I don't know who did it. No, actually, he um, wasn't. And then I think they took it over. I think you're right. Well, they have a contest there now. But yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know that's related. I mean, it's a lot of, you know, you go way back, man. A lot of stuff has come and gone. You know, because yeah. where where a city there might have been a contest that went away, now they're everywhere. I mean, there's four or five hundred KCBS contests yeah. back then. It was so different. There just wasn't that many. And it's worldwide. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's not yeah, just the United right. States anymore. People that's are right. all over the place. And, you know, we get listeners from all over the world, like in Norway and different places. And Australia, man, Australia and Canada. They, they talk yep. about it all the time, how barbecue is just growing. Yeah, and it's it, like, it well, is. It's, it's growing, but it's something our ancestors did. I mean, Correct. it's fire and wood and cooking. I mean, this is pretty cool, you know. Well, they all have, they, you know, every culture has wood and fire and, yeah. and, and meat. But what they don't have is American barbecue, and then what the, whatever this bastard child that hate, that, <laughs> that competition barbecue became. I, you know, that's a whole other conversation. Sure, but, but they they've adopted it, and I, I spend a lot of time well, not a lot of time. I go to England every year for barbecue contests, and we we would I helped them run this one. It was very different though, because I was not a believer of KCBS in Europe, and I'm still not, frankly. I still think 
they just cook different. They eat different. They don't like sweet, gooey stuff like that. Right. And that's what the guys all cooked. They all started importing Blues Hog. Uh, I did the first ever competition cooking class in England. Hmm. Um, and, and we <laughs> it was a great story. We had Creek, uh, Creekstone Farms, who are a great brisket company. Yeah. They, so I, I was working with them at the time. I've been lucky enough to work with a lot of these people over the years. Are they still in Kansas? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. In some capacity or another. So mm-hmm. I said, well, listen, I'm, you know, they can't get any briskets. The briskets were like, this, it looked like a flat fish. <laughs> I mean, it was just this big skinny thing and they would roll them up. And I was like, this is, you know, this is ridiculous. I said, were we they off get- charlets? What were they, what cattle were they using? I don't know. I bet you they're charlets. It's definitely a different cattle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They're, they're, they're not what we're using. Right. And so I told her, I said, Christine over there, I said, listen, there's a big market there because these guys are getting into it and they want big Western briskets. And uh, so she said, okay, well, I'll ship uh, 30 of them over there for you. They came from like their Monaco or something. Oh, wow. And, that's where the distributor was. <laughs> Out of Monaco. And they really? come to this little wow. town in England where I'm going to do this this thing. It's a Masonic Lodge, like a 400-year-old Masonic <laughs> Lodge. I'm doing this cooking class. And they're in the fridge, and we're all good, and, and I go to get them, and the guys in Monaco screwed up and shipped us uh, Eye of Round oh, instead nice. of brisket. Oh, I know. Oh, so wow. We had this big fridge full of Eye of Round no that were useless to us. It's, so then we had to go find briskets everywhere we could, and we get, again, we had these big flat fish-looking briskets. If you guys don't know what Eye of Round is, it comes off the bottom round. It's a little piece that actually looks like a tenderloin. But it is, it's a weight-bearing muscle, and it's very, very um, tough. And to break it down takes a really, really long time. There's not a lot of fat in it, so it gets uh, really dry. There's not a lot of use for eye around besides uh, braising and beef jerky. Hot I mean, roast, you can do yeah. some beef jerky with it, and it turns out good. But eye around is kind of a rough piece of meat to eat. Wow. And it's nothing like a brisket. I mean, it, oh, it just no, had no relation to accomplish anything. So, But, but, the, but I did bring Blue's Hog and... I think I smuggled in like imperial margarine and, and all those things <laughs> and showed a bunch of them guys. There's some pictures of me like with that stuff. And uh, I mean, they thought we were insane because Brits are like, you know, this is what bothers me. Uh, we all, the barbecue world, we, we want to be foodies. We want to proclaim that we are superior with our, our attitude towards food. And yet we put, plastic margarine on our brisket just because i can win a trophy with it yeah. you know i actually saw i saw danielle she'll be mad at me but i just saw danielle <laughs> tweeting about that she used organic agave and some kind of fancy butter and sriracha and peach nectar I was like, it's really the same thing. <laughs> it's just the same recipe. You just uh, traded the apple juice for peach nectar and some agave for the honey. Yeah, you uh, kind of change sugar for sugar. It's still still going to do the same but, concept. But, but I'll tell you, what happened was that there's a couple teams over there that started doing exactly the things we were doing, and they started winning, which was okay. weird to me because there were British judges. They just don't – I mean, a bunch of gooey sweet on protein – just doesn't make sense to them right. but but i think they were influenced by this was the footprint this is what it's supposed to be what it's supposed to look like which is a, a bullshit standard that we somehow created mm-hmm. uh and I, I blame the judges and the cooks who just wanted to suck up to them you know there was never a meeting at kcbs to say this is going to be the new standard um chicken you guys have you guys ever cooked anything in a contest except thighs 
We used to cook no. whole chicken. Yeah. We used to cook. I, I won a lot of trophies cooking legs. Yeah. I got a Jack Daniels jug. I won cooking drumsticks in wow. 1998. Um, but it, it, but then everybody started cooking thighs, and which was smart, but it became the thing. And then the judges started to understand it. And to this day, I think if you turn in drumsticks, I hear are making a bit of a comeback. But if you turned in a, a chicken cut into parts, which we used to do, the judges would think, wow, this guy clearly doesn't know what he's doing. Right. You know, he's right. six, uh, even if it was really good. Yeah. And we've, we've created these standards. Um, we used to cook back ribs sometimes. That was not a, we did the money muscle. What the, what the hell is that all about? <laughs> well, who dreamt that yeah. up? Right. Tell me a barbecue restaurant where you can get that. Yeah. I mean, so you've done pretty much almost everything in barbecue you, you started doing competitions having fun became extremely good at it won competitions went in the circuit now you're going into the restaurant what can we expect from this restaurant yeah it's it's really a, it's a lot of thought has gone into it um i i was approached by a couple roger and suzanne perry who who have a couple nice restaurants in tampa a funky gastro pubby kind of restaurants and the other one's a new orleans themed restaurant and and they just they they do it it's a second career for them um and they just enjoy it and they so they they their son is at texas a&m and they were there eating barbecue a lot and they said well why don't we open a barbecue restaurant and i knew them and they said well let's call ray though because they had opened a, a new orleans themed restaurant and didn't get a guy from New Orleans, and they got called on it by everybody, even <laughs> sure. though their people knew what they were doing. Right. So they, they needed that authenticity, and, and it was certainly in a barbecue restaurant, you didn't run into the same problem. Sure. Um, so they called me, but I, I was like, yeah, you know, with you, I would do this. I, I wasn't looking to get into restaurant biz. It's hard work, man. It's a different thing. It's 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 so it's so risky if you don't it's low margin yeah if yeah. you don't know what you're doing it's so you gotta risky. be crazy to get in the restaurant yeah business. <laughs> i think so but they're crazy, crazy, crazy like me yeah i you know like i said i wasn't looking to do it but anyway with that with them i jumped in because they they know how to do all the stuff that i don't know how to do sure. they will manage the thing um so i was like yeah what the heck i'm in on this so we couldn't just oh, well we went through it in the beginning what do we these people didn't have any interest in opening a little walk-up barbecue restaurant you know they want to do something special sure and so i was like okay that sounds good to me too i, I certainly i get the question a lot from people that don't understand what style of barbecue are you going to serve man i precede all of that nonsense you know what i mean sure. uh, before everybody decided there was four kinds of barbecue i was already doing it and i've traveled and eaten in all these restaurants and even in, in, I wrote a book called Barbecue Road Trip, which actually it was like in 2005. I just got an email from the publicist from that publisher. I haven't talked to him in 10 years. He said, Ray, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy is going to feature your book. Nice. In upcoming <laughs> there season. you go. Wow. Apparently, one of the one of the restaurants uh, that I covered in that book is somehow being featured on the show. They're making the guy over. And somehow my book gets thrown into it. There you which go. Which is cool. fun, yeah. Cool. But anyway, I even back then I did Kansas City, Memphis, Texas, North Carolina, and then I did North, South, East, West because there were so many other places. It didn't make sense. I mean, you know, California. One of the things I was to say before was like Gene and the Groundbreaker guys on the West Coast. I could drive to Kansas City for the contest. It was a seven-hour ride. Right. For for guys from out here, I mean, you'd see them show up at the American Royal. They've been driving for days. <laughs> yeah. You know, yep. I mean, it was yep. impossible. Um, what was I saying? Now, now I'm losing. Oh, no, just, just about, about your, the, yeah, your, the types of oh, the style of barbecue. Style yeah, of barbecue it's ridiculous. So, but Roger and Suzanne were open to that. They understood that. Um, that if we're going to do it with me, we're gonna. I'm gonna 
you know, we, we, we have to have 100% authenticity. I can't, you know what's going to happen. I mean, you guys know how many times a day does a barbecue expert come in that doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, imagine how many I'm going to be. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they're coming to get me. They're coming right. to get you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, keyboard, it, you know, keyboard warriors are coming. Oh, yeah. And I have an Yelp, office Google, like, all right of by the, right, and you come in the door. The meat guy, meat cutter's right there, and if you went to the right, I'm right there in the office with a glass door. Oh, yeah, right. nice. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's more like an enclosure. <laughs> an enclosure. <laughs> like at the zoo. Don't right? feed the bears. Yeah. But I can't wait. I mean, that's what I love to do, so I can't wait. So so anyway, we've, you know, the pressure's on. For, so then they go hire a, a guy named Lee Jasper. Lee was, they kept going to Kreitz Market. Kreitz Market, the 100-plus-year-old sure. restaurant in Lockhart has one outpost. I didn't even know this in, in Bryan, I think it is, or San Marcos down there, kind of by Texas A&M. And uh, they kept meeting this young guy cooking the barbecue and his wife ran the place and they were nice. And they clearly, the guy had trained with Roy Perez at Kreitz and he was a young guy, a good, you know, a solid pit master. So they're like, you guys want to move to Florida? And they were, you know, little by little, they chipped away at him and they decided to come and move there. So, you know, this is how we start. Okay, we'll hire this guy from Kreitz Market. Well, that's a pretty good start, yeah, you know, sure. and his wife. And, and, you know, on and on and on. Everything we've gotten to do has been right. But we need to make a special restaurant. So what we've really embraced is we've gone around the country to a lot of restaurants. And we're seeing a lot of people are embracing world flavors, to, to yep. say it you know, in a very um, bourgeois way. Uh, there's a place in San Francisco, called, and they're going to open a bunch of them called International Smoke. Actually, there's going to be one opening right here in Del Mar Is next there? year. Okay. Yeah, I hopefully, been. hopefully they'll be part of this uh, contest. Yeah, they'll be, be out great. here. But yeah, International Smoke, Aisha Curry. Right, Steph, Aisha Curry Steph and Curry's Michael Mina, who's yep. a, you know, mm-hmm. a mega chef, uh, restaurant empire kind of guy. Huge. Um, so, I mean, and and if, if you look at their menu, I haven't been, but Suzanne went, our part, my partner. But if you look at their menu, they didn't even... They cut right. I mean, they didn't even mess around. It's like a whole bunch of international dishes cool. and barbecue and all kind of, I mean, it's over the top mixed together. We're going to have, you know, down the middle of the menu, there's going to be brisket cooked by that Texas guy and a pork butt and, and some spare ribs. And, and we got a cool wood-fired rotisserie for the chickens. And, you know, there's going to be some pretty standard barbecue. But then like potato salad, we couldn't just make some mashy picnic potato salad <laughs> we got some purple ass cool looking potatoes it's it gotta look sexy on instagram yeah, come on know, now. man it sure does that's right it's so you know, important you know it but but you know i i understand that i'm totally all in on that but it's also got to taste good and sure. have some you know we can't just uh i used to work so i worked for justin timberlake's restaurant in manhattan and, the, and justin's from memphis and, right. and a legit you know it was a legit situation except it was all new york guys running it so i i would go there for a week or two, about once a month, and I and I, I come back and I'd have to fix everything that they changed, you know. And I was like, <laughs> so one day I come back and they have uh, Memphis style turkey sliders. I said, "Now what the hell? Where did those come from? Where, right. who, who's been to Memphis and saw those?" Right. Well, we thought it sounded cool. I was like, "That's just some bullshit. You can't do that." <laughs> so I, I talked to Boston and let me take the chef and the manager to Memphis. And there you go. And we went and uh, we ate around town, which was that's what you need to do. You need to understand it and. So I went to Cozy Corner. You ever go to Cozy Corner? No. no. It's a funky place in the hood, and there's a Miss Desiree's. It's like 70-year-old lady <laughs> with her 9-millimeter lock under her coat. It's a great place. And so I've, I've known her for years. So she's sitting having, having lunch with us, and these guys are eating it up. And I said, Miss Desiree, how come you don't have Memphis-style turkey sliders on your menu? <laughs> and she said, well, what's that? I don't know what that is. And I said, well, the, you know, these guys made it up. Said, well, it sounds kind of good. Maybe I'll put it on. 
and, and the other stuff was like things like, um, you know, biscuits. What you don't? Why would you serve they, in New York? It was like these guys anyway. It's a little different now. It's matured quite a bit. Um, biscuits had to be on every barbecue menu. I was like, why biscuits? Well, you know, biscuits go with barbecue. I was like, not really. They don't. Yeah. So I said, Miss Desiree, how come you don't have any biscuits? She said, why would I have biscuits? This is a barbecue <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> I said, what about greens? She goes, I like greens, but I don't necessarily eat them with my barbecue. Right. You know, we there's this big uh, mishmash of barbecue and southern food and soul food. And granted, a lot of it's pretty similar. And there's a whole lot of crossover. But um, so, you know, we can't do stuff like that with my name on it because I I just been around forever and I know the real stuff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, at, at the end of the day, uh, one of my many jobs is barbecue historian, man. Yeah, you know, sure. I really lived all this. So, so it's kind of good. We got chefs and we got Lee, the, the hot young pitmaster guy. And we got me keeping them all in the lane. Uh, but, but then we got the boss saying, well, you know, this, uh, this cauliflower with a bunch of curry on it looks pretty good. We can throw that in the smoker. And, you know, that's, that, so we've had a really good mashup of that. We're going to have a, and we also, on top of it, we're in pretty much of a hardcore vegetarian neighborhood if we, if we didn't have enough issues. But, <laughs> right. So we're going to serve pretty much everything, I think, is the real answer. So what's the name of it going to be? Dr. Barbecue. Dr. Okay. Barbecue. We talked about yeah. different things. I have the trademarks for everything for Dr. Barbecue. And and we we talked about, you know, should we name it something different, featuring Dr. Barbecue or something like that. And, and, w- and we really arrived at Dr. Barbecue with an S. Dr. Barbecue's was going to be the restaurant. And that's our, that's actually the website for the restaurant, and Dr. Barbecue would be me. But that got confusing like an hour later. Um, <laughs> so we decided not to do that. But really, for me, this, this is my this is my play in the restaurant business. You sure. know, I haven't really done it before. We're going to do it once. I, I'm not. If if God forbid this doesn't something doesn't work out that well, I'm not going to open another restaurant. I'm sure not going to call it Dr. Barbecue. Right. You know? <laughs> so it, it, it's the perfect storm for me at this point in my life. If I was young, I might feel differently. Maybe I, I would have a, a different thing I would want to do later. For me, this is the one and I'm all in on it. So it's, it's kind of perfect. When did you become Dr. Barbecue? Um, in 1994, three I think it was I was really getting into it so I started going to these KCBS contests and I was driving to Kansas City on a regular basis and there was one in Iowa and uh, so I bought a van uh, an Astro van to haul my stuff around and I back then Illinois just started allowing vanity license plates you guys we always knew California people have had them forever (laughs) we we could get three letters and then finally they opened it up so I was like okay I got to get a cool license plate for my van so but you got to remember, back then I sent in a postcard with three choices on there because you didn't have a computer. So I sent in a postcard with my three choices, and I'm not even really sure if Dr. Barbecue was my first choice. I think it was like Barbecue Guy, Mr. Barbecue, whatever. I don't even know. I really don't remember. And they sent the Dr. Barbecue license plate, and I stuck it on my van. And that really is that's that was it. That's the start of it. Yeah. Well, you then, be- you became a brand, and you were promoting yourself before anyone else was doing that. Well, yeah. Along the way, I figured out that this was this that, actually works. That ended up being a good movie. Sure, a good move. But you know what? I think a good part of it. I, I I hope part of my success is the authenticity. You know, I could sit here and tell you all these stories because they're just real. That's what sure. happened. I'm not. I don't have to somehow craft some kind of story. Uh, right. Well, that's know? how you write. Well, you ten, that's how you write it. ten books. Only nine. You, you can't. But only nine. Yeah. Only coming nine. up on ten though. Right? Uh, uh, you know. You're thinking uh, about it. Yeah, I will. I'll do it for sure. Uh, 
it's it's yeah, it's just a different business. That business has come a long way. You hang around long enough, this stuff changes, man. It's not yeah. the same, you know. And you gotta, you're an old guy. You gotta figure out how to stay in the in the new wave of things. It's it's tricky sometimes. I mean, KCBS, you talk about the sure. the way it's changed so much. It's it's you know, I've seen some a long road of change of it. That's for sure. That's that's awesome. I mean, just hearing these stories, it's just reiterates how much it's just it's the journey that people fall in love with. It's really just being out there experiencing the reason people will gravitate towards you is because you've lived it. You've done it. And there's no there's no way to warp to get there. You just have to go do it. You just have to be out there. Like you said yeah, earlier, right. there's there's no fast track. You know what you need to do? You need to go get a cooker and a brisket <laughs> yeah. and, and do it, right? I believe I said, if you want to be a barbecue, famous barbecue person, yeah. you start by buying a cooker, yeah, right? Exactly. There you go. I mean, it's so true. It, it, we, well, it, like you said, it's an instant gratification world. I, I've been really, I've done well in with Facebook and Twitter and and. Uh, and then comes, uh, I've done my website. I, I bought drbarbecue.com way back in the day. You know, I don't know. It, it wasn't, it didn't seem like that big of a deal at the time, but I'm sure glad I did because sure. someone else would have bought it. Um, and now we have Instagram, which is, I understand. I believe it's the big deal now. It certainly is. It's just different. And, you know, as an old guy, it's like, you got to learn some new tricks again, man, but it's okay. I, I'm always the oldest guy in the room at this point in my life. And I don't care. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> well, I live in Florida, so I'm not always the oldest guy in the room, but in business, I certainly am. Sure. But, you know, speaking of that, what, you, what you're saying is, this is what I tell people. You want to get in the barbecue thing. You know, how do I do this? What do I do? Here's what you got to remember. It's business it's not your barbecue is is not that good that you can not do all the other stuff right it, it's fine i people I, I refuse to taste people's barbecue sauces anymore <laughs> I just, it's a no-win situation in, in case you haven't noticed uh, i'm a no bullshit chicago truck driver i mean that's we, really we get a, we get along best with people that don't bullshit that, yeah, that's why gene too. and i that's why jeans become family and my wife she's an eastern european she's she actually just got here with my son and She's the first person that'll tell you uh, exactly what she thinks, even if you don't like what comes out of her uh, mouth. Yeah, I once heard Charles, <laughs> Charles Barkley say, yeah, if you're talking to my mom, if you don't want to hear the answer, don't ask her the question. <laughs> and that's kind of how I live my life. And, and I'm happy to be like that. But so people give me their barbecue sauce. Unfortunately, the only answer they want to hear is, holy shit, that's the best sauce ever. Everybody else should just go out of business because you the are deal. golden, dude. Right? You know, And I'll represent you for free for yep. a cut of your business. I mean, other than that, they're crushed. And, and usually I say something like, well, it's kind of kind of it got too much too much heat for me or something like right. that and, and they're just crushed at that point so it's it, you know because all their friends have told them it's the best shit ever and they should all go right. run a business yeah and it goes back to those i mean the instant gratification and we live in a world of extremes it either has to be the best like this is the best day ever this is the best everything or it's the worst and it's like look don't ask the question if you don't want the fucking answer <laughs> right, because correct. it's okay to, to well make... they already know they think they know the answer right they don't want right. to hear the, the you know what you're going to say but 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 really what i sometimes i tell people i don't have to taste it i guarantee it's good enough <laughs> if you right. do because you wouldn't be have got it in a right. bottle and everybody wouldn't have told you it's good if it wasn't pretty good right. if you do everything else right first of all get you a budget for marketing um realize all the other things you got to do if you get it in a store you got to go there and and demo every Dude, day it's a it's, it's a grind yeah it's a grind. yeah it, and but if you don't do all that you're never going to make it and frankly you know, Casey Masterpiece, Rich, Dr. Rich Davis used to be out there cooking yeah, on sure. the KCBS world. Absolutely. When I, I mean, I knew him, and and 
it, it was just, you know, that's not going to happen again, I don't think. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's just, uh, it's a different world. Business is done differently now. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, I don't, and even if it does, okay, one out of all 500,000 of you idiots is going to be the guy. <laughs> yeah. The rest of you are, you know, it's yeah. not going to happen. But, but if you do build, I know people that have been successful with their sauces, but they did all the hard work. It's not just because it's so good. Right. It's not going to happen. Dave Raymond, Sweet Baby Ray's, he told us, you know, he actually talked Mark Lampert out of big getting into the sauce business he thought he saw <laughs> he saw him at a conference and dave is like hey don't go into the sauce business because unless you want to do all the stuff that isn't sexy selling that sauce right. that's that's the stuff that's going to make and you again, successful i'm not sure you could even get away with it now there's yeah. so many it used to be i sold rub in the early 90s and it was actually a private label for <coughs> dave. it was i i was i didn't know any better they, they had all these private label rubs they didn't they didn't actually this company didn't sell to anybody i could put my label on i could buy it at the time 10 cases at a time like or it was less than that it was like a hundred bucks worth at a time yeah. so i was doing that and and it was you know i would walk into a place and it was novel you know i was the local barbecue expert in town it was kind of interesting i didn't i mean we did okay with it for each for a few years but anyway now how many of these guys walk into every store and they all want it they're not happy with that anyway dave dave raymond tells a great story his first sales call did he tell you oh this yeah, one? yeah, yeah. <laughs> he went into butcher shop and said you don't want any of this do you <laughs> that was his pitch that was his pitch yeah, yeah. worked so, out pretty good i own a, a grocery store in a, in a butcher shop and when people come in with their sauces i explain the same thing i'm like look i'm if you want to bring your sauce in great but understand something i need you here demoing all the time and most of the time they're like absolutely will be in there and they come in one or two times and then they wonder how come their sauce isn't selling well because you promise you're going to come in here every weekend or you know two times a month and you came in twice in six months it's not going to jump off the shelf people need to try it you need to put it in their hand you need to give it to them let them hold it have them taste it and then put it in their basket that's what has to happen you have to do that and keep doing that keep Keep doing doing that right it's not but again they all think that the sauce is that good that when one guy tastes it he's going to tell all his friends and they're all going to quit buying everything else i mean it's just it's it's unfortunate because I, i hate that and so yeah my answer to these guys always is it's business it, you know you wouldn't go in the you fixed your toilet you're not going to say shit i better get in the plumbing business you know <laughs> but because you cooked a good slab of ribs you figure yeah. you better go, better go into barbecue business for i mean sure. it's just not how you know you got to think like that if you don't want to be in business for yourself if you don't have the right amount of money to start you know the food truck thing to me is such a fantasy i mean there's there's success stories sure but you ever look on craigslist for food trucks they're everywhere (laughs) they're out there yeah Yeah. you know it just because uh you think you really want to do this it's my passion okay great it's your passion i believe you but you also need a hundred thousand dollars and and you need to work your ass off, you know. Well, if you mean, don't have those two things, it doesn't matter how much you like it. Yeah. One of the things we appreciate is exactly what you're talking about is business. The fact that you and, you know, on behalf of Big Green Egg have come out here to Del Mar, to the Thoroughbred Club, you know, and you came right off the plane. We're able to come and sit down, spend time with us behind the smoke. You're going to be able to, you know, we're going to have the cooks meeting here for the KCBS 55 professional teams. We're going to have a Big Green Egg welcome uh, team dinner. Tomorrow, you're going to be putting on live cooking demonstrations, which is totally amazing. That's a beautiful setup. I mean, it's everything you guys promised is here. It's, it's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're just very, very fortunate to have you out here. Um, 
the weather is starting to it's starting to it's starting, it's starting to, to look like Del Mar. It's starting to feel <laughs> like Del Mar. It's, it's uh, starting to feel that California has been hot, hot, yeah, hot, hot. It's been too no, is that hot. smog or those clouds? No, those, <laughs> that's that, that's actually a marine later. That, yeah, that's, that's, uh, ah, okay. Should be burning off and. Uh, but yeah, I was in Seattle and they said, "Hey, we're gonna have some sun breaks tomorrow." I said, "What's that?" <laughs> they said, "Well, the clouds split a little bit and a little sun comes out for a half hour." Jeez, well, one of the cool things for us is we have a lot of local media that are going to come. They're going to be celebrity judges tomorrow for the tri-tip category, and a lot of them actually have purchased eggs. So nice. they, yeah, they're getting into the uh, the big green egg media movement, we call it, and all of them are going to come out. I'm sure they're going to love to talk to you. Scott Kaplan from Mighty 1090, I know he's going to do a Q&A with you in the afternoon. And, you know, for Derek and I, we're just so lucky that all these teams are out here. We have teams that drove from Arizona. We have teams that drove from Northern California, um, local teams that are grateful that we're right in their backyard. And People from Virginia. Really? We, yeah, we, we it, just found that out right absolutely, now. Absolutely, yeah. Mar- our walk. Surely Mar- they didn't drive. To, no, no, two of them. He flew two of his buddies out from uh, from West Virginia. Yeah, unbelievable. Cool. But yeah, stuff like this doesn't happen without great people, you know. And like what we talked about before we started this podcast, Derek and I, we couldn't do any of this if we didn't have our team. You know, we've got Brian and Corey here helping us record the podcast. We have Abby in the trailer, JC, Derek Walls, Bill, Bill you know, Arlie Bragg the Macintoshes, the Alvarez's, Gene Goikachea, he's out. I mean, he Gene's out buying pizza dough for the dinner tonight. I was wondering where he was. <laughs> well, like, good. Gene, where'd you go? He, well, he's out shopping more. He's out there doing more work. So, <laughs> you know, uh, for us, we're, we're grateful that you took the time to spend spend time with us behind the smoke. How can people, uh, how can they find you? Obviously, well, I mean, drbarbecue.com. Yeah, drbarbecue.com. I mean, you know, you, you got to give it back, too, though. You know, it, I once heard uh, a radio DJ in Chicago interviewing Sammy Davis Jr., and Sammy said, he said, you know, we're in the same business, man. I've just been around a lot longer than you, and that's <laughs> how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not hard to find. On, on Instagram, I'm real Dr. Barbecue. So if you have know a guy with Dr. Barbecue, tell him to call me. I'd really like to have that, but it's not that big of a deal. That's I'm not a, hard a, to find. That's an announcement right there, but yeah, thank. <laughs> thank we'll see if he turns up. Thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, we're if you're in uh, Southern California and you guys are watching this on Facebook, buy tickets, come out tomorrow. All you can eat event. It's going to be an epic day. We're going to have a blast. I'll and, have a. Uh, there's a big beer fest. I'll have a beer with you. Absolutely. There we go. I'm not sure I can have a beer with all of you, but I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, this is Sean and Derek, and we just really want to thank you for listening to the podcast. It means the world to us. We'd like you to go check out BehindTheSmokeMedia.com. That's our website where we have barbecue resources for you to help build your barbecue business. Uh, We also have events listed, so anything that's happening in the West Coast barbecue movement, uh, anything that's going on, we want you to go check that out so you can learn more and get involved. We also have show notes uh, from all the episodes, so anything we talked about in the episodes, you can find detailed show notes there. Um, Plus, you can just get in touch with us. It's important that uh, we're here as a resource for you, so please reach out. Let us know how Derek and I can help you with your barbecue journey. Uh, Get involved, stay curious, and uh, follow us on social, at Barbecue War Stories. Uh, We'll talk to you soon.